Very much so. Two big mesechtas. Good evening. Uh, we're ready to get started tonight. We're going to be learning the, most of Daf Kufiya test, uh, starting about where are we starting? Two thirds of the way down at the two dots at Kufiya test and Aleph, and we're going to be going to Kuf Haf Amud Beis. Um, about a third of the way down. And then for tomorrow night, Amir Tashem, for the Siyum, we'll have approximately one Amud worth 15 minutes of learning. Then we'll have the Siyum. And then Amir Tashem will have a, a Suda together at Avidas. If you're interested in joining, uh, please let me know as soon as you can. You can text me or call me, and I'm happy to, to try and connect you. Let's get started. A couple of sugis for tonight. Last night, we were speaking about uh, some of the money that Yosef took from Mitzrayim and uh, held on to them in, in, in effect. It went from uh, king to king to king. And right now it's currently sitting in Rome. So says the Gemara. There's the Machlokas of the Gemara that we're about to read is a dissenting opinion on that, or if it's just a, another element of the story. But one way or the other, the Gemara opens as follows. Amar of Rabbi Chama Bar Hanina. Shalosh matmonios hit min Yosef in He hid three different collections of money in Mitzrayim. One was revealed to Korach, not a tzaddik. Uh, one was revealed to Antoninus, with whom uh, Rabbi Huda Hanasi was close. This is the treasure map. One has been left untouched for the sake of the righteous. So one of the reasons why the Gemara assumes that it's possible that there's a machlokas here is because which of these monies is being referred to as being in Rome? So not so clear. Either way, the Gemara says that Osher Shamor Lebalav the So, what is that pasuk talking about? Amar of Shimon ben Lakish Ze Osher Shel Korach. This is referring to Korach. Ve'es Kol Haikuma Sheber Raglehem. Amar of Elazar Ze Mamono Shel Adam Shemamidu Al Raglav. This is the money that gets a person literally on their feet. That gets a person going. That gets a person toward their goals. And this pasuk is in relation to Korach as well. This was the money that was the front for the rebellion against Moshe and Aaron. That Korach Bechol Adaso. They were of, of the concern that Moshe and Aram were taking all of the covet for themselves, and it was inappropriately so. And that was what their machlokas was all about. And their machlokas was funded by this amount, by this money. Amr of Levi Masui Shalosh Meos Pirados Levanos Hayim Aptechos Beis Gnazav Shel Korach. There were 300 white mules that carried the keys to the Beis Gnazav Shel Korach, to the storehouses of Korach, where all the money was, the Kulu Aklidi, the Klipe de Galda. And all of them were keys and locks that were made out of leather. I didn't know you could make keys out of leather. That's what the Gemara says, that they were made out of leather. We see here that there's a mnemonic in the parentheses, six lines from the bottom on Kuvia Testament Aleph, Diash, Adiash, Kastech, or Kashtach, Meodach, Siman. And basically what's going to be happening here is that there are authors. We'll see that that's going to be the letter, David. And then part of the word that... Um, Part of the pasuk that they author says the Gemara Amar Shmuel Bar Nachmeni Amar of Yonasan Odechakiani Sani Amar David. That pasuk that we have in Tehillim was authored by David. Evan Moasua Bonim Hayesel Rosh Pina. Who said that? Amar Yishai. That was stated by Yishai. And Meis Hashem Hayesazos Amru Echav. Those are the brothers of David. Zayom Asah Hashem. What about that pasuk? That's Amar Shmuel. Shmuel from the Navi. Ana Hashem Hoshiana Amru Echav. That was said by the brothers of David. That pasuk was said by David Amelch. Who said that? Amar Yishai. Who said that? Amar Shmuel. It was said by Shmuel. And everyone said, I said that pasuk. Amar Shmuel. Amar David. 
Amru Kula. So if you look through those last couple of paragraphs, and we'll see momentarily the importance of those couple of paragraphs, that, that one paragraph and those couple of Sukkim, that they were all authored by a host of people, um, it'd be a David or be a Yishai or be a Shmuel or uh, or, or a Echav Shel David, whatever the case may be. Tanan Hasam, very last line of Kufi Testament, the Mishnah writes, Makom Shemnohagu Lichpol Yichpol, where there is a custom to double the Psukim. We say Odcha twice, we say Meis Hashem twice, we say all of these Psukim twice, wherever that's the custom, you should do so. Lifshot, Yifshot, and where to say so simply, namely to only say it once, then you should do that. Whatever the Minagam Makom is, that's what you should do. And the bracha at the end, that we say at the end of, uh, of Halel, that is all Lefi Minhad. This is an interesting discussion because as the Gemara is about to, oh, let's, let's say the next line and then we'll say the interesting discussion. Second line, when do we say that a bracha is only about a Minhad? That's only the bracha at the end of Halel. But uh, before we start, there is a mitzvah to make the bracha. So there's a big machlokas in regards to uh, Rosh Chodesh. By Rosh Chodesh, there's, it's not a formal um, commandment to say hala like it is by Pesach. So by Rosh Chodesh, it's only a minhag. And the gra was of the opinion that you don't make a bracha on a minhag. So my cousin, uh, Isaac Rice, who is ma- who's makbar on the minhag of the gra, he does not make a bracha when he says hala for Rosh Chodesh, because the hala of Rosh Chodesh is only because of a minhag and he's on the baracha on a minhag. So that's what the Grah held. And if anyone's going to follow those shitas, that would in fact be the case. Most, most Ashkenazi Jews follow the Mishnah Gura. And we do make a bracha on Minhagin. So therefore, the Halal on Rosh Chodesh, one would make a bracha. However, that doesn't apply here. Because here, this is not Alts Minhag that we say the Halal on Pesach. We say it because of a, of, a, of a formal requirement. So the Gemara is saying that where is it possible that on Pesach, there's a custom to not say a bracha? That's only at the close. That's what Abai is saying here. Lo shan Third line, everyone agrees that it's mitzvah, it's appropriate to make a bracha. We know that there is an idea by Birchos HaMitzvah that whenever we are to do a mitzvah, we first make a bracha, and only later do we, in fact, actually do the mitzvah. This is, of course, true by tefillin. We say all the time, you get the tefillin set up, you get the strap closed, but you're not mehadek, you don't tighten it. Then you make the bracha la'aniach tefillin, and then you tighten it. That's a kiyum of the mitzvah to say. So we make the bracha over la'asiyasan, we make the bracha first, and then we do the mitzvah later. Every mitzvah in the Torah should be like that. There are a couple of exceptions. When women light candles on Friday nights, there are some mitzvahs for which we don't make brachos. The post can discuss why by tash Shemitah, when there's a mitzvah to say shel Torah, that you're fulfilling the mitzvah of Ona or a variety of mitzvahs, Puravu, whatever it is, there's a shayla in the postgim as to, there's different answers, I should say, in the postgim as to why it is that there's no bracha. But there's no bracha at all, not before, not, not, not after, doesn't, just doesn't apply. Okay, so that's what the Gemara says here. So asks the Gemara, my mashma over How do we know that within the language of Rabbi Huda Marshmuel, who says that the language uh, is over la'asyasan, how do we know that over means that, you, that it's before the mitzvah? How do we know that that's the case? So says the Gemara, we're now going to look at a couple of psukim. Amar of Nachman, because the Pasuk writes, He went in front of the Kushi, so that means in front of, so therefore over last Yasin is before. Abay Amar Mehelcha from a different Pasuk, he went before them, um, and that also um, that also would explain the word before. Fine. So just different psukim to indicate this, but in fact, this is Lamaisa, so that when we have an opportunity to do a mitzvah, so then we're supposed to make a bracha beforehand. And again, there are a whole host of exceptions. For example, the bracha 
of Birchos HaMitzvah is a mitzvah d'oraisa. We don't make a bracha and staying Birchos HaTorah, excuse me. The mitzvah to say to say Birchos HaTorah. But we don't make the bracha, Asher Kiddushan of a mitzvah Sabbat Sivanu, Al Birchas HaTorah. We don't say that, even though it's a mitzvah d'oraisa. To say the bracha itself, benching also is a mitzvah to say Shel Torah under many circumstances. We don't make a bracha there either. So there are some exceptions. But when we do make a bracha, it's always going to be done this way with the bracha in advance. Ten lines down, Kufiya Tess, Maralev, um, almost a third of the way down. Tanya, the Brisa writes, Rebbe Kofil Vadvarim. Rebbe was of the opinion that there were certain things in the uh, in the halal that were doubled. Rebbe Eliezer ben Parta, Mosif Vadvarim. He would add some things to the halal. My Mosif, what is it that Rebbe Lazar ben Parta added to the halal? Amar Abaye, Mosif Lichpol. He, he was of the opinion first to add all these psukim from Odcha until the end. He added all the psukim that we started with tonight, the psukim of David and Yishai and Shmuel v'chulei. He added them and doubled them. That's why, because of this shita and this brisa, Rav Lazar ben Parta, that's why our halal today, we say Odcha twice. We say uh, all these psukim twice. Ano Hashem, we say them twice. Darosh Rav Avira. Rav Avira was of the opinion. Uh, he said the following, but he said it uh, in different names. Zimnan Amar Lebishmei Rav. Sometimes he quoted in the name of Rav. Zimnan Amar Lebishmei Ravasi. And sometimes he quoted it in the name of Ravasi. What does the Pasuk mean? What does it mean? And that uh, when the when the child grew, grew, grew up, he was weaned. Answers the Gemara one third of the way down. Uh, uh, there's going to be a time where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to help make a suda for tzaddikim on the day when he, he does his gemilus chasadim for the children of Yitzchak. And afterwards, when this meal is over, the, the, the suda la tzaddikim b'yom she'igamel, then nosno lo la'avram avinu kotshel bracha levarech. And uh, they're going to say to Avram, it's time for you to bench. We want you to lead the benching. You're the, you're the patriarch of the family. He says, I won't bench. So says the Gemara, why won't he bench? He said, I'm not, I'm not shy to be the one to lead the benching because, uh, uh, because I had a child, uh, Yishmael. Okay, fine. Avram doesn't want to do it. Seemingly, halachically, you're allowed to pass the buck. It's not like if you get a hazmana to a bris, you're really obligated to go. It's a big problem to not go here. You're allowed to just say no. So says the Gemara, what about Yitzchak? He says, no, Omer Lahan, I can't. I had a child who was uh, a Russia, and there was no, nothing I could do about that. Omar Lo, they said, finally, Yaakov, they said to Yaakov, he, he had a mita shleim, all of his kids were tzaddikim, tolu varech. And he says, why don't you lead the benching after this uh, suda? So he says, I can't. Omer Lahem, halfway down, Kuki Testament base, he said, I, I, I can't lead the benching. Wow. At the time when Yaakov got married to Rachel and Leah, it, there was no Isser because it was pre-Kabbalah Satora. And all he had to do at that time was to be intuitive about the halachos that he was keeping. And they, according to the summary shown him that the, uh, the Avos did keep all of the halachos in the Torah. So that's a Shiloh here of what exactly was going on. Nevertheless, he was of the opinion that even though at that time it was mutter, but because in the future, it would be problematic for a man to marry uh, two sisters, so therefore, he turned down the benching. So fine. So it says the Gemara, Amar lo Moshe tolu varech. Fine, Moshe Rabbeinu, you lead the benching. Omer lehen eini mevarech. Shelo zachisi likanis laeretz Yisrael lo bechayai lo bemosi. I was never there. I didn't. I didn't get there while I was living, and I wasn't buried there either. 
Omer lo Yoshua. Fine, let's go down the line. Let's go to Moshe's Talmud Yoshua. Two thirds of the way down. Tolu Varech. Maybe Yoshua. Maybe you should do it. So he says, Omer lahen eni mivarech shelo zachisi leben. I didn't have male children. Dachsiv Yoshua binun nun beno Yoshua beno. It only speaks about those two generations, but not the children of Yoshua. He didn't have any boys. Fine. Lastly, Omer lo leDavid tolu varech. They said to David Amelach, you should bench, and he said, Taka, you're right. That David HaMelech would actually, in fact, bench at this meal, the meal of Gemilus Chasadim, the meal that's based on the Pasuk, to have a suda for tzaddikim on the day of the Gemilus Chasadim of the Zar Shal Yitzchak, and David HaMelech would bench at that meal. Again, a lot of homilies here, what exactly is this talking about? What's the meal? Is it Yom Shal Mashiach? What's the Gemilus Chasadim by Yitzchak? Why isn't it Yaakov? So there's a lot to spend time on here, but it's a very, a very deep and rich, uh, rich Marimakomos here. I ain't Sham in the Marimakomos. Next Mishnah. The Mishnah writes, Ein Maftir Nachar HaPesach Afikomen. End of the Mishnah. Very brief. After Ein Maftir, and you're not allowed after the Pesach, after the Korban Pesach, to have an Afikomen. What is Afikomen? We saw a couple of shitas of this earlier, and we're going to learn this yet again. Says the Gemara, 10 lines from the bottom, at the Gemara's open, three lines into the wide lines, and Kufi Testament Bay's my Afikomen. When the Mishnah says that, that after the Korban Pesach, you can't have Afikomen, what does it mean? So that's the Machlokas in the Amorite. That you can't go from your Chabura to another. What would you be eating if you went to another Chabura? Meat. You'd be eating more Korban Pesach. Namely, Rab was of the opinion that when the Mishnah says, that after your Korban Pesach, you couldn't go and eat Another Korban Pesach. You couldn't go eat from another Chaburah. However, Rishmuel Amar Kigon or Dila'eli that goes Laya Le'aba. No, it doesn't mean when the, when the Mishnah says, in Maftir Nachar Pesach Afikomen, it doesn't mean that you can't eat more Korban Pesach. It means you can't eat other food. So, or Dila'eli are mushrooms. And he says, I like uh, to have a little sauteed mushrooms. That's my favorite. And uh, it goes Laya and birds, Le'aba. Abba was, at, was Rav's real name. So that was a reference to Rav. We've seen this throughout Shots a number of times that Av is a reference to Rav. And according to some, it was actually his name. The Rav Hanina Barshila was in the same camp as Shmuel, that it wasn't talking, that the Afikoman in the Mishnah wasn't talking about the Korban Pesach, but rather talking about food. What did he say it was? Rav Hanina Barshila, Rav Yochanan, Omar, they said, Kigon, Tamarim Kalayos Vegozim. Dates and seeds and nuts, and those are the types of things that you're not allowed to eat. So let's look back in the Mishnah. That after you eat your Korban Pesach, according to Rav, it means you can't have more Korban Pesach from another Chabura. And according to Shmuel, it basically means you can't have dessert. You can't eat anything else. That should be the last taste that you have in your mouth is the Korban Pesach. So let's analyze this. We have a brisa that seems to knock out the sheet of Rav and follows the, the camp of Shmuel slash Rav Yochanan, namely the dessert model. That when the Mishnah says, that the limitation was to eat other food after the Korban Pesach. Now, things are a little different because now the last thing we eat is matzah. We'll discuss that today as well. But back in the times of the Beit HaMikdash, that was the diun, is what could you eat after the Korban Pesach? So it says the Gemara, the Brisa indicates as follows, seven lines from the bottom of the page, you're not allowed to eat anything after the Korban Pesach. What's the example in the Brisa? Just like Rav Yochanan. Kegon, for example, Timarim Kelayos Ve'egozim, period. That's how the Gemara concludes here, that... Um, means that after the Korban Pesach, it is not appropriate for one to have other foods, be they tamarim, kelayos, egozim, dates, uh, seeds, and nuts. That's not, no more. After the Korban Pesach, you should go to sleep with that flavor in your mouth. That is appropriate.
Brush your teeth. Don't brush your teeth. Mouthwash. Okay, fine. Ask your local orthodox rabbi. What? Well, the matzah we're going to see tonight is not just a zecher. It's a din doraisa in and of itself, according to Rabbah, and that's how we possibly will see in tonight's Gemara, black on white. So it's not purely a zecher. It's its own mitzvah doraisa. But seemingly, the last thing that they would have eaten was the korban pesach, and you couldn't eat anything else afterwards. So now the Gemara says uh, a little bit more uh, up to date, which is that what do we do nowadays? So that's what the Gemara says, and, and just a, a gentle twist in the language. Six lines, seven lines from the bottom. We're going to see two versions of this, and we're going to see a statement of Shmuel. It, there's, and then there's going to be two or three sources. Then we're going to see the reverse of Shmuel's statement and the same two or three sources that are going to be used as questions and, and comments. So let's get started. Six lines from the bottom on Kuvia Tess, Ahmed Beis. And the Gemara says, in the name of Rabbi Yehuda Marshmuel, Amar Rabbi Yehuda Marshmuel, Ein Maftirin Achar Matzah Afikomen. You're not allowed to have, after matzah, you're not allowed to have afikomen. What did we just say afikomen was? Dessert. So the matzah is the last thing you're supposed to have. So we, our Mishnah spoke about the Korban Pesach, but Rabbi Huda Mershmuel says, that after the matzah, you can't eat any dessert. Ask the Gemara, Tanan, hold on one second. Let's look back at our Mishnah. Our Mishnah was very short, but it, had a, it, was, it was jam-packed. That's what our Mishnah says right here uh, toward the bottom of Kuvia Testament base. So if that's true, says the Gemara, uh, the implication from our Mishnah is that the only time when we say that you're not allowed to eat anything afterwards, that's by a Korban Pesach, but by Matzah it should be perfectly fine. So maybe Kashem Rabbi Huda Marshmuel who says that should only be true by Pesach, he says that uh, it, it, the Gemara implies that it should be Mutter to eat something after Matzah. So answers the Gemara, four lines from the bottom, lo mi boya ka'amar. We've seen this many times, and we're going to see it five or six times right now in a row. Lo mi boya ka'amar means I don't even need, I don't need it for this, I need it for something else. Lo mi boya, I don't even need it. I, this part's obvious, but I'm here to, to confirm something else. Lo mi boya ka'amar. What is this mare makom that we have here? It says the Gemara, lo mi boya achar matzah, dilo nafish ta'amayu. I don't need you to tell me that after matzah, where there isn't a lot of flavor, Matzah is not such a flavorful food. Maybe I would have thought the meat, the basar, it's juicy, it's just roasted, it tastes so good, there's so much flavor. So then, that even if you eat dessert, you're still going to be tasting the Korban Pesach. Maybe we would have said less lan that there's no problem with eating dessert after the Korban Pesach, that that's not true, that we are concerned. And then the Gemara says, well, maybe I have a Mari Malcolm to support the statement of Rabbi Huda Marshmuel. Rabbi Huda Marshmuel says that you're not allowed to eat anything after matzah. Says the Gemara, two lines from the bottom. Name Maybe we can say, These are three different types of matzah. The, uh, the article translates them as sponge matzah and um, honey matzah and wafers. There's some type of, they're crackers. They're basically crackers. And the halacha is that you're not allowed to be yote matzah with them, but they're also not chametz. It's basically uh, Pesach crackers. Uh, maybe egg matzah would be the equivalent of today. And we saw this much earlier in the Masech as well, that when you take flour and you mix it with shemen and yayin and vash, so that's not hummus, but it's also not matzah. Good. So also this changes the bracha. It could possibly change the bracha on other levels as well to say that 
maybe the bracha is not even hamoti. That's possible as well. Sometimes when you're on an airplane and they say that uh, you're eating mizonos rolls, those mizonos rolls were not made with water. They were made with fruit juice to, in order to change the bracha. So the bracha would change entirely. The assumption of the Gemara is that when the b'risa says, sufkinin v'ha'duvshinin v'ha'iskiritin, that these are things that, that are edible, they're mutter to eat, but you can't be yotze, the mitzvah saseh, shel matzah. So therefore, the b'risa writes, with these foods, other mamale kreso mehen, you can eat as much of them as you want, ubilvad, with one provision. Provided that, that the last thing that you eat is matzah. Oh, so says the Gemara. Great. This is a perfect source to support Rabbi Huda Marshmuna. Says the Gemara, yeah, at the end, that's when you have to eat the matzah, but Berishona, to eat the matzah first and then to eat something else afterwards, lo, that seems like a perfect match to the sheets of Rabbi Huda Marshmuna that says you can't eat after the matzah. Only, only Be'achrona. You can only have the matzah at the end. So then says the Gemara, nope, that's not correct. Lomi Boya Ka'amar. Another Lomi Boya. Top line of Kufaf Amaral. Lomi Boya Berishona I don't need you to tell me that it's mutter to eat this, uh, to eat the, the actual matzah first, because there you're eating b'teyavo. I might have thought that if you were eating the matzah after all of the crackers, maybe you're not eating the matzah the right way. You're eating it b'achilagasa. You stuffed your face with the honey crackers and with the sponge and with the sponge crackers, and but you're full. I, you're Yotze the matzah then, or are you going to be Yotze? Says the Gemara, yes, you are. Amalo, I might have thought you were not Yotze, that you are. So then says the Gemara, that was all version one of Rabbi Huda Marshmuel, who says that you're not allowed to eat anything after matzah. However, here is version number two, Marzutra Masni Hachi. He learned Shmuel totally differently. What did he say? Amar of Yosef, Amar of Yehuda, Amar Shmuel, maftirin achar ha-matzah We just said on the bottom of the previous Amud, ein maftirin achar ha-matzah that you cannot eat afterwards, says the Gemara here, the exact opposite. Yeah, you're allowed to eat after matzah. And then all the sources that we just used to ask or to try and prove about the previous Shmuel on version number one of Shmuel, we're now going to reverse their effect here. So the first one was a question. Now it's name of Messiah, six lines down, kufchaf amad aleph, excuse me. Maybe we should say that our Mishnah is a raya to version number two of Shmuel, who says that you are allowed to eat after eating matzah. You're allowed to eat dessert. Says the Gemara, our Mishnah writes on the bottom of Kufiyot Testament, that one is not allowed to eat anything after a Korban Pesach. But achar matzah maftirin. So maybe we would have thought that, that, uh, that our Mishnah is a perfect raya for version number two of Shmuel, that it's mutter to eat after matzah. Nope, not a proof. Can't bring a proof from there because as we saw on the bottom of the previous page, it's just teaching me a lomi boya. What's the lomi boya ka'amar? Lomi boya achar matzah de lo nafish I know that after matzah, it should be, um, it should, uh, it, it would be one status if it was nafish taime because there's not a lot of flavor there. Because there's so much flavor after Pesach, that's not the case. So this, our Mishnah can't be a support to this second version of Shmuel one way or the other. Let's ask a question. We tried to bring this as a support before. Now we're asking it as a question. Against the second version of Shmuel, these types of uh, crackers that, again, they were not comments, they're mutter to eat, but you cannot be yote the mitzvah of matzah. So then the Gemara says, if you're allowed to eat the chametz at the end, what's implied? It implies 
that you're only allowed to eat afterwards, but not before. So that should be a kasha on approach number two of Shmuel, who says, that you're allowed to eat. Here, it seems that you're only uh, only allowed to be, eat the matzah at the end and not at the beginning. So says the Gemara for the fifth time, sixth time, it's just coming to teach a, a, separ- a separate halacha. We know, of course, that it's mutter to eat the matzah in the beginning before you stop your face with all the crackers. That's mutter because you're you're eating l'tayavon. Maybe I would have thought that I might have thought you were not yotze if you eat it at the end. That's why we're, uh, where this then came in to say that that is the case. So these are the two versions of Shmuel. Do we say that you're not allowed to eat after the eat anything after the matzah? Or uh, the second version is yes, you are allowed to. Or, or this one's ain. Yeah, or the second one is maftir. So we pass in halacha lamaisa that you're not supposed to eat after the matzah. That should be the last thing that you eat for that night. That brings us to the two dots, more than one third of the way down, almost halfway down on kuf chav amud aleph. We're going to do another amud or so, and then we'll stop, and then we'll have a near session to see tomorrow night. Let's continue. Amar Rabba. What? You're more excited. I'm very excited. I am. I'm really excited. I I I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. It's also Michael Peter's birthday tomorrow, so we're gonna have a we're gonna have a celebration, uh, a double celebration. Amarava, matzah hazeh As you can see, there are little letters and dots all over the place here to indicate that we paskin like Rava. The Rambam quotes this lalacha. This is in Shulchan Aruch as well. So that's uh, I think the, I don't know if it's exactly the same language, but uh, it is quoted in the Rambam this way. So Rava says. So the Gemara is very bothered by that. Once the Korban Pesach is out of the picture, how is it that you got to Matzah being Doraisa and Maror being Derabonon? What was the, the method to the madness? So it says the Gemara as follows, Why? Why is Maror any different? How is it, Rava, that you concluded that Matzah is still Doraisa while Maror is Derabonon? After all, the Pesach says, on Matzos Umrorim, if there's that the Korban Pesach was eaten with both of them, so how do you come along and distinguish between the two? They're both in the same exact Pasuk. So why would you assume that Matzah and Mara Rava have different dinim? Why would you assume that Mara is reduced to a rabbinic law while Matzah is still biblical? So says the Gemara, that the reason why is because we have another pasuk. What's the next pasuk? The pasuk is be'erev tochlu, be'erev tochlu matzah. That on that night you're supposed to eat matzah. So Rava says because we don't have a separate pasuk to indicate that maror should be doraisa. So therefore, yes, you're correct. It would have been a natural assumption that with the removal of the beis hamikdash and there's no more korban pesach. Fine, everything should be derabanan. That therefore maror is derabanan. But we have another pasuk called. Uh, that says here in the Gemara, that even implies that even when there is no Beis HaMikdash and there is no Korban Pesach, that still there's a Dindo Raisa to eat uh, Matzah. So it says the Gemara, well, that's great that that's Rav's approach, but not all the Amorim agree, agreed with him. The Rav Acha, halfway down on Kufchafam and Aleph, the Rav Acha, Bar Yaakov Amar, Echad Zev, Echad Zed, I disagree with you. Both Matzah and Mara, both of them are Derabonan. Ella, what are you going to do, Ravacha Bar Yaakov, with the Pasuk? What do you do with the Pasuk with which Rava re engaged and said, Matataka is the Oraisa? He says, No. There we say that's different. That's in a time when there is a Beis Mikdash and there is a Korban Pesach. 
but the person is a tame or they're bederachachoka and they're far away. So there, under those circumstances, the salkadaita chamina. I might have thought, again, in the time of the Beis HaMikdash, the person's just a tame or he's stuck on a boat somewhere. I might have thought the salkadaita chamina cave in the Pesach, lo achle matzomor nami lo nechal. According to Rebbe Yaakov, that Pasuk was needed to teach me that if a person's a tame or bederachachoka and therefore they can't bring the carbon Pesach, I might have thought have amina that uh, not that these two things matzimor namilo nechal kamash mamor that you're obligated to eat them. So that means that Ravach Bar Yaakov holds that in the times of the Beit Hamikdash when a person did not bring the korban pesach, they had a chiyuv for both matzah and moror. However, outside of the time of the Beit Hamikdash, Ravach Bar Yaakov held that both were derabanan. So it's a, it's an all or nothing picture for him. He holds that Mats and Mara are two peas in a pod. During the times of the Beis HaMikdash, if you're a Tamir Shai Choka, but you couldn't bring, and therefore you couldn't bring the Korban Pesach, fine. So the halacha is that you're still Chai Bidoraisa because that's what the Pasuk means when it says, However, outside of the Beis HaMikdash, outside of the times of the Beis HaMikdash, when you're not bringing a Korban Pesach, they both be Dorabara. The Rava, Rava, what are you going to do about the Tamei V'Shai B'Dorach If that's how Ravach Yaakov uses the Pasuk to teach us about the Tamei V'Shai B'Dorach Rechoka, what are you going to do, Rava? The Rava, two-thirds of the way down, Kuchaf Meral, V'Amar Lach, he'll say to you, Tamei V'Shai B'Dorach Rechoka, Lo Tzarech Kra, Delo Gari, Mi Arel, Ben Nechar, there's no, they're not any worse than an Arel and a Ben Nechar, and there by an Arel and Ben Nechar, by a person who is, uh, who is an Arel, and they're, uh, or someone who's converting, so the Tanya, Kol Arel, Lo Yochal Bo, we already have a Bryson to indicate that during the times of the Beis HaMikdash that you're going to be Chayev. So the Gemara is equating someone who's Tameh or Vahebederch someone who was Tameh and therefore they couldn't bring the Korban Pesach or they were far away and couldn't bring it to an Arel. And there the Bryson says by an Arel, black on white, without any, without trying very hard, the Bryson says that they're Chayev and Matzah Midoraisa. V'idach, Yaakov, how do you respond to this? He has a great Bryson. Rava is using the brights of the RL to say that there's no difference between an RL and the Tameh B'Shav Derech and therefore the Pasuk's left over. The Pasuk of Be'erev Tochlu Matzos is available for me to use to teach me that Matzav is Manazeh, is going to be Doraisa. The Idach, how does Rav HaVar Yaakov answer that? 12 lines from the bottom or so, three-fourths of the way down. Ksiv Baha'i, Ksiv Baha'i. We actually do have explicit Psukim in both cases. We have extra words all over the place for, for this, Vitzriche. And strangely, the Gemara says, Vitzriche, we need both, but the Gemara does not detail what the Tzrichusa is. We could come up with Svaraz Lakanu. Lakan, I believe, early in the Masech that we saw them. An RL has its own world of halachos. It's a, maybe that's solvable. And maybe we would have therefore thought that therefore that's different than the Tamev Shabdar Chachoka that's not solvable. Okay, so there's Svaraz Lakan. Let's take a look at Rashi and the Rashbam here. Tanya Kavase the Rava, the Brisa supports the sheet of Rava. What did Rava hold? That Matzah Bizman Hazaz Doraisa. Let's see what the Brisa has to say. Six days we eat mata, and on the seventh day it's a day for a Kodesh Just like the, the seventh day is permissible to eat mata, so too by the six days it's a Rishus. So it says the Gemara, my time, why did the Brisa separate out? Why did the Torah separate out the seventh day from the sixth day? And here we're going to be using one of the Yud Gimel Midos Shatorni one of the 13 hermeneutical principles that help us to get a glimpse, one of the lenses with which we, we need to look at the Torah. And answers the Gemara, it was something that would have been included, and it was excluded, it was taught separately, explicated on its own. Shvi was separate of the first six days to teach us something, something unique. But the seventh day wasn't separated from the pack from the other six days to teach me something about itself. 
but to teach me something in general, not only about the seventh day. Yachol, what might I have thought? What might I have thought? Yachol, af, Lila, Rishon, Rishus. I might have thought that maybe even the first night was a Rishus. Talmud Lomar, Amata, Tamarim, Yochluhu, Ainli El Bizman, Shebese Mikdosh Kayim. Bizman, Shein Bese Mikdosh Kayim, Minayin. Talmud Lomar, Perev, Tochlu Matos, Akasub, Kiva, Ochova. Period. End of the Gemara up until the mission on the bottom of Kuf Chaf. Amud Aleph. And what does the Gemara clearly conclude? The Gemara clearly concludes like, like Rava. The Gemara quoted a machlokas between Rava and Ravacha bar Yaakov and machlokos as to how to understand the Psukim. The Gemara brings a brisa according to the Shita of Rava that it's a mitzvah to say to eat matza nowadays. And the Gemara very clearly at the end with no hemming and hawing says, Tamadomar be'er tochlamatos, hakasu kiva'o chova, the Torah explicated this particular these particular words of Erev Tochlumatzos so that we would know that Afalpi that there is no Besamikdash, unfortunately. So still we have a mitzvah Sateshel Torah. So we should not feel any like maybe it's Darabanan. It's not Darabanan. That's what Rav is saying here in the Rambam quotes as Lahalacha. That brings us to the next Mishnah on the very bottom line of Kufchaf Amud Allah. What if a person falls asleep during the Pesach Seder? That's a problem. Well, really, it's really more of a question of what if they fall asleep during the Korban Pesach? It's a little bit different. So Yashnu, if somebody, Yashnu Miksasan, if a few people fell asleep, so then Yochlu Kulan. What? Yochlu. What did you say? Oh, okay. So if a person uh, was sleeping, Yashnu uh, Miksasan, if a few people were sleeping, Yochlu, they can continue eating. Kulan, if everybody fell asleep, Lo Yochlu, then you're not allowed to eat. However, that's the Tanakam. Rabbi Yossi Omer, nisnam nimu, if a person is just nodding off, yochlu, near nimu, if you really black out, so then lo yochlu, then you should not be eating. Lastly, ha-pesach achar chatzos, metame es eating the korban pesach after chatzos halayla is metame your hands, that's a dindarapana, that it makes your hands tame. Pigul vehanoser metame es And as well, pigul and nosar, pigul is a food with which you had a machshava that you should not have had of either about the makom or the zman, about the uh, animal during the korban vehanoser, food that reaches its expiration date, halachic expiration date, metame es So opens the Gemara, we'll learn about seven more lines till the two dots, and then we'll stop for the night. Says the Gemara as follows. Rabbi Yossi Omer, it says in our Gemara, in our Mishnah, and it's quoted here again, Rabbi Yossi Omer, Nisnam Nemu Yochlu, Nir Yochlu. If you're nodding off, you can eat. If you're really sleeping, you can't. How do we define nodding off? We're very good at it. How do we define it? So it says the Gemara, Amar Avashi, Nim Velonim, you're sleeping, but you're not sleeping. Tir Velotir, you're awake, but you're really not awake. Okay, that's not helpful. We still don't know what that means. So then the Gemara gives a little bit more of a presentation as to what it means to uh, to be sleepy. The Kari Leva'ani, if they call your name and you say, yeah, I'm here, but the Lo Yada Svara, but you have no idea what, what was going on in the conversation. Like as you wake up, you're just coming to, to say, uh, sorry, I have no idea what you were talking about, but I was, I could hear you and I woke up. But when you're reminded of what was talked about, then you will remember. Does this mean before you fell asleep? Does this mean while you were sleeping? What level of consciousness is this? I'm not familiar. I don't know if I have the Nisnam name thing going on. I'm either out cold or I'm awake. The fact that you hear your name, what if you're a light sleeper? Always. So then are you never in this category of, of near to me? Okay. This should make you feel better if you fall asleep at the Pesach Seder because Abaye was sitting with Rabbah and Rabbah to come nam name. He, Abaye saw that Rabbah had fallen asleep at the table. Remember that Rabbah was kind of like, uh, he kind of like took, took Abaye under his wings because Abaye was an orphan.
Seems to me that you were falling asleep, Rabbi. I just want to make sure that you're uh, that you're still doing good. I only fell asleep. I only took a, I was only nodding off. It's not in our Mishnah writes, and the distinction that our Mishnah made, like Rabbi Yossi, is that if you just are nodding off, that's okay. It's just if you black out, that that is a problem. We'll learn the last Amud Kufchaf Beis tomorrow. We'll be starting Dafyomi on time at 8.40 on Zoom and in person. And uh, looking forward to celebrating with you all tomorrow night. Shatova, uh, Mazelta, very exciting. Looking forward, and we'll have hopefully celebrate a more informed Pesach after learning the Masechta just prior to Pesach. No, the problem. I don't know what the problem was with with Rabba. That's a good question. It was post. Uh, but but, but Mishnah was dealing with the Korban Pesach. And the Rishonim point out that if you were to fa- have fallen asleep in Chaburah and you woke up, it's as if you're in another makom. And you can't eat the Korban Pesach, Pesach and Shtei Makomos. When you wake up, it's a new location, as it were. So that's what the rest of the Rishonim say. Have a beautiful night, everybody.